0: Welcome to episode 46 of CommuniCast, a communication skills podcast. I'm Scott D'Amico, president of CommuniSpond, a global communication skills training organization. What does a 340-pound NFL lineman and a seven-year-old have in common? When communicating with either of them, you better focus on the why. In this episode, I am joined by seven-time All-American and University of South Carolina Hall of Fame swimmer, jen brunelli jen is a registered dietitian and founder of sports rd pro where she has worked with the carolina panthers roush fenway racing and athletes of all shapes and sizes to ensure they are fueled for success i hope you enjoy jen thank you so much for joining me today
1: yeah thanks for having me this is crazy how life comes around full circle
0: It sure is. Sarah and I were just talking about that last night. We go way back. So I'm really looking forward to the conversation because you have just such a fascinating background and experiences. So maybe to start things off, tell the listeners a little bit about you, your journey and what it is that you're doing today.
1: Absolutely. Well, I should share. We are our history back, right? When I was a kid, I'll call myself a kid in my twenties. And we were we were moving to the area and it was like, oh, we got to rent our first house from you guys. So yes. that was really kind of crazy. That when we say it comes full circle. But when, when I had first moved here, I was just entering the world of sports on the other side of the ball, I always say. Um so I was a seven-time All-American swimmer at South Carolina. Uh, My family was always into athletics, specifically swimming, and it was just something we always did throughout my career as an athlete. Initially, I just kind of realized this passion and this love for becoming an athlete, but for becoming an athlete and utilizing fuel to support my performance. So I ended up at the University of South Carolina. I was a good athlete, not a great athlete. Um, but I knew I wanted to be great and I had some great coaches and support systems there and got quite a bit faster within one season. After that first season, I kind of slowed down and it was very frustrating as an athlete who was willing to lay it all out there. So I did my kicking and screaming thing we do in our twenties. Like I'm going to quit. This is too hard. All the things, right. We do that as athletes, very common (laughs) where you're just frustrated because you put on all that work. Uh, especially as a Olympic athlete within four year cycles. But I knew there was something that was untapped. So I started to, to address my nutrition as an athlete. And that's what led me to my career because I excelled tremendously in the last two years of my college career around utilizing how do I do different things around hydration and timing and quantity and quality of food to support what was being asked of my body as an athlete. Uh, I didn't have a resource. They didn't exist then. So it was a really cool opportunity in my mind to say, wow, this is a void that has not been met for all of these athletes, not just swimmers. Uh, So I ended up going back after college to the university or Arizona State University and did my degree in nutrition there, got my master's at Winthrop here in the Carolinas and became a registered dietitian. So that was kind of my journey of how I decided I'm going to do this. There's a void here that needs to be filled. It's something I'm extremely passionate about. I have experienced it and felt it. And I want everybody to know this because there's no way they know this because if they knew this, they would do something with Mm -hmm. it because it was just such an accelerator for me as an athlete. So I was insanely passionate and still am weirdly. I always say to the younger athletes I work with, I'm weirdly passionate about food. So just get ready. (laughs) Um, so it was one of those things, again, I went from a great athlete to a seven time all American and, and I have been just given some really cool opportunities through this journey that I have started in that space. Um, I am a hall of fame athlete at university of South Carolina, which I am very, very proud of, um, go Gamecocks. And, (laughs) you know, when I started, (laughs) when I started my career, I thought, how many athletes can I reach? How many people can I get to and say, wow, I had no clue how much better I could be if, and it didn't need to be perfect, but we just needed to be educated. Um, And it took off. It was really exciting. So I started my business. It's called Artie Pro back around, goodness, probably 2011. It's been a while now. And all of these opportunities just started to arise. The more vocal I got about my own experiences and the way we can can engage athletes in this conversation and give them confidence in their fueling. So I was the sports dietitian for the Carolina Panthers for seven seasons. We had a really cool year where we ended up in the Super Bowl. One of those years, which was really fun, disappointing on the end, but it was mm-hmm. a really fun journey. I remember um, that year been yes. with NASCAR. <laughs> Yeah, that was a, an interesting year because um, it was almost a no-loss season. So it was a really fun season. Um, but we also had some really exciting athletes that were very, very bought in. Your Greg Olsons, your Luke Keekleys, right? Guys that had tons of experience, but at the same time had some realization like, wow, there's new cutting-edge things I need to dive into here. So just really, really fun times. Um, So that was such a fun, fun run there for about seven seasons. And then I've been within NASCAR for 10 years. Um, It is a totally different world, right? Completely Mm -hmm. different backgrounds as far as athletes are concerned, very different needs. So lots of different styles of communication. What we're going to dive into today, right? So you have these athletes that come from backgrounds where they've been exposed to a lot. And then on the other side of this, athletes that have never been told anything about food. A lot of those guys grew up around the track with their dads and they were building fryers in their backyards. Right. (laughs) Um, And that's the reality. Yes. So my starting point with these two different groups being very different, my communication styles, very different because if I came at one just like the other, they're not going to engage. They're not going to hear that um it might just be they're just in a different stage of change and a different education level and an experience and how that might impact what they're trying to do so it's been a really really fun run so far and um, a lot of shifting gears lately though
0: <laughs> i can imagine though that is such an awesome journey so many so many questions are coming to mind and you know, especially with the nascar component a lot of people don't associate NASCAR drivers with being athletes, but I can only imagine the toll that being in that car for that long and those conditions with Mm -hmm. the heat and the exhaustion takes on your body. So the nutrition, the hydration, all of that absolutely must be critical for them. So that's just fascinating to think about all the different aspects that, that nutrition plays into. And if I think about these two things, nutrition and athletes, both are things where People are typically, I don't want to say maybe set in their ways. Already. A lot of times people have been mm-hmm. eating the same way for a long mm-hmm. time, almost their whole yeah. lives. And with athletes, athletes get very regimented into how they yes. work out, how they condition, what they do, and oftentimes are fearful of making changes, especially at an elite level. Because what if it doesn't work? What if it sets me back? That can impact my entire mm-hmm. career, my livelihood. I could get injured, whatever it may be. So I think to be successful in those space, as you mentioned, you have to be a great communicator, have strong skills. So, Jen, when you hear that term that somebody is a really strong communicator or they're a great communicator, what comes to mind for you?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And what I mean, you just hit the nail on the head in my world, if you will, of of sports, and especially with food, you're dealing with those Uber type A's, right? So Mm -hmm. very much like C-level executives, they have gotten where they've gotten, and they got there off what they had, whether that was a lot or a little, and they know that they've achieved success off of it. So to create change, um, to directly answer your question, you better know the why. The communicate, my kind of example, or right way for me to say that. My best tool is the why. If I can't tie this food to this performance outcome and why you get from there to there, then there's often no reason for that athlete to do that because does the reward outweigh the risk? Maybe Mm -hmm. not to them. Maybe not until they truly understand the why. So I think that knowing your audience is another one that you kind of described if i have um and i say guys right i say guys on purpose because these two spaces that we're referencing initially are very male dominated so when i talk about these guys and where they've come from some have come from a background of tremendous education if you were an athlete at georgia You have been exposed to 18, your dietitian and and nutrition team of 18, (laughs) it's been coming at you regularly. So your starting point is going to be much higher as far as understanding the potential impact is great if I listen to this person. But in order to create change for somebody, they have to be motivated to sustain that change. So that's where we all. I always cycle back to the why. Even now, when I work with an athlete who's eleven, not a twenty-seven-year-old, thirty-seven-year-old pro athlete, that eleven-year-old is exposed, right? They can just do this and find some information. So I honestly, from a communication standpoint, think communicating why something needs to be important to that person. And understanding what that person's goal is, the why is how you get them not only to do something, because I don't care if an athlete does something once, that doesn't mm-hmm. really, that doesn't really help right. us, right? Sustainability in sport, consistency in sport, just like it would be in a business setting, is gonna be absolutely vital. So getting them to understand why, but then getting that to resonate with my why. This is my why. I want to be great because I want to jump higher. I want to run faster. I know that I don't feel as great as an end at the end of a game or a practice. And and I felt that on the field. Mm -hmm. I felt that in the car, that feeling of change and acknowledgement that that worked for me and it's individualized is really what ends up creating sustainable change.
0: There are just so many parallels there to effective leadership with really understanding the why and what motivates somebody. Because if you think of a professional football team, for somebody that why simply may be, I want to be bigger, stronger, faster because I'm going to perform better and get a bigger contract, mm-hmm. get more endorsements, whatever. It could be purely financial. Yeah. Other people could be, I don't want to get injured because I want. I love this game. I want to play forever. I want to be LeBron James and playing or Tom Brady and playing well into my 40s. For other people, it yeah. could simply be thinking long term that I don't want to have a heart attack when I'm 40. I want to be able to retire and enjoy my life. So really getting to know people, their motivations, their why, understanding the audience, is so critical, just like with a leader. What's going to motivate the people on your team? What's driving them? Is it purely financial? Is it growth? Is it learning opportunities? Is it flexibility? Any of those things, you do that and you learn that by asking questions, which is a a foundational component of being an effective communicator to understand the, the audience and being able to create the connection to the why, really start with asking those questions, getting to know them, what's driving them. So no, that's fantastic.
1: Yeah so as you shared that it 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 brings me to a really fun interesting situation that came about um in the NFL at one point to your point everybody has different motivations so very and very often in my space at least but i think in most spaces there are a lot of different answers that can create success when you're looking to solve a problem there's not usually just one mm-hmm. <laughs> so when i think of a story and an experience where that has occurred i had a very very large defensive lineman <laughs> that i worked with at one point and he was new and they were trying to bring him on the team and when he came to just kind of meet everybody and decide if it was going to be the right fit for him the first person he wanted to meet with was who's, who's the dietitian. I need to talk to the lady about food. And I was like, Oh, "Oh, good. Okay. Here we go. (laughs) Like we're starting to become a priority. And I was, I was psyched. Right. Because when I first started, there were three of us in the NFL, there were three of all the, like, Mm -hmm. right. There were three that were consistently available to their team. And that changed over the years, which was very exciting sidebar um and now there are teams of people and budgets and things like that mm-hmm. but this athlete was on the was one of those athletes that was on the forefront in understanding how important that was but back to where i initiated this conversation with he was a very large athlete and he i mean we're talking about 340 right so he under, and and you have never seen somebody move off a line so fast it was incredible So I say that because he wasn't naturally 340, Mm -hmm. but he knew he needed to live there for his job role and he could live there. But he had also done enough research to know that and to be dangerous and to know, I need to be asking some questions here. What does this Mm -hmm. mean for me spending time with my kids and my wife for the rest of my life? Absolutely. Um, So came in and said, I want to be vegan. (laughs) So here I am. I'm like, God bless. I have not talked to a young man yet who has said that at this size. Right. And the reality in that situation is that man could not, that was not a reasonable expectation for him to put on himself. Yep. But into your point, reading, you know, knowing your audience, asking questions as I asked questions, he was set on this. He was doing this with me or without me, (laughs) So am I going to strong arm him and say, no, 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 You can't do this. You mm-hmm. won't do this. It won't be successful. That was not going to be successful communication. He was going right. to turn around. He was going to walk out that door and he was going to do it. Whether he was on our team or he chose somewhere else, he was going to do it. So my best way to support him, because that was my job. I think that's the other thing about communication. What is my role right now? What am I trying? Like I sure I have what I'd like to accomplish. What I wanted to accomplish was to educate him on why that wasn't going to be successful, how I could help him reach the goal that he had of being healthy for his future, but achieving his best self in that sports space right Mm -hmm. now. That's not what he wanted. (laughs) What he wanted was to be at his best for his family in the future. And that was singularly what he was trying to achieve Mm -hmm. in that moment. So I needed to stop. I needed to stop and wait and hear him and support him in what he wanted. But I also needed to give him some checks and balances. So Mm -hmm. when I say that, my success story in that with this athlete was to say, I've got you. This is how you do that. You are absolutely right because he was in where he was, was not necessarily the best scenario for him in his future. Yep. But what he needed to understand was the money he was making was also dependent on where he was in this moment. Right. So the success lied in, we were about to go to preseason camp in Spartanburg. So for many who don't know what Spartanburg, South Carolina is like, it's like, <laughs> a hole of heat and yep. stillness. It is really, really brutal. Um, we've had some, I mean, I've had an athlete who lost twenty seven pounds in a in a pra- in a three hour practice in that space. Again, you're talking about guys that start out very, very high weight oh my. But- um, a very dangerous scenario. Yeah. So my best way to serve him in that space was to let him know, hey, I'm gonna help you. We're gonna do everything you wanna do. You wanna go vegan, we'll go vegan and I'll make sure we meet your needs as closely as we can. However, when you feel X, Y, and Z, I need you to come to me because if it happens, right? And it wasn't really mm-hmm. if, it was when, right. when that happens. These are the injury risks. These are the athletic risks. These are the health risks that come along with that. And tried and true at about 2 a.m. One time at camp, I get a text. <laughs> <laughs> and when you're at these camps, right, your phone is on all the time. Yeah. You're addressing things. It's a very high intensity environment. I get a text at 2 a.m., Miss Jennifer, gosh, I feel this. This is happening while I'm sleeping. Today I felt that. So my success didn't lie in pushing, right? It put it 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 it's my success for that athlete. It it it, it, it was wrapped around giving him options. It was wrapped around asking those questions, hearing him and supporting him and where he was in the moment. We got where we needed to be. Mm -hmm. but sometimes our timeline and someone that we're trying to achieve something with timeline are different and that's okay.
0: That seems like just a masterclass in communication right there, you know, because it would have been very easy for somebody in that scenario, or if you've just overlaid it to something in the business world, just say, Nope, we can't do that. That's not going to work. And this is what you need to do. Mm -hmm. Right. And then that person's going to shut down, go on their own way. You're ultimately going to lose them one way or the other. But by giving them the opportunity to to try and let them know that you're there to support, and then put some guardrails around it, you know, if an employee were to come to me and want to try a new strategy that maybe I don't agree with, we'll kind of talk through, you know, the why of it, understand where they're doing, what's what's bringing this on, ultimately what they want to accomplish. It makes it, yeah, let's let's try this. But when you see these markers, we may need to adjust or change course or pivot a little bit because I want you to be successful. So that's fantastic. I love I love that. So, Jen, we've hit on a number of key communication skills already, this idea of understanding your audience, tailoring your message to them, asking questions, really being flexible in that style and adapting. So if I were, say, to ask somebody close to you, maybe a colleague, friend, family member, about your communication styles and maybe the one or two skills that have really helped you to be so successful what would they what would they tell me
1: i think maybe i'd have two or three things there i've mentioned one of them the why the purpose mm-hmm. right i think so many people will come to the table unprepared to really truly simplify i want to accomplish this and this is why and have a really strong reason You can throw a lot, right? We always say you can throw stuff on the wall and see if it sticks, right? That is so not me personally. Mm -hmm. That is just not what I do. I am not throwing stuff at a wall. I'm not doing it if I'm not going all in. And I think often that makes somebody great at communicating because they have a very strong why. Which kind of brings me to the second would, which would probably be passion. Mm -hmm. Uh, If if you're going to do something, be in it. You know, there's something really obvious about somebody who loves what they're trying to accomplish, loves what they're trying to share, loves what they're trying to help somebody else get to their goals with. And it doesn't always mean that they've experienced or they've done it, but they're just super passionate about creating change or trying to help. Right. So I, I think passion would probably be the second one. Um, like I said, I, I tell these young athletes, like, just get ready. Cause I'm about to come at you with all kinds of excitement. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, wow, lady, this is just food. And I'm like, I know, but it's so good. <laughs> um, but I, I think the, uh, the, the third one is just that desire to really help people. Mm-hmm. I, I, get so still to this day feel chills of excitement around, gosh, I changed just these few things that I kind of came up with on my own back then. The ability to sit back and to support somebody and then sit back and watch them feel and reap those benefits, like how exciting Mm -hmm. to see somebody excel with their hard work. So I just I really think that um, compassion and excitement around watching somebody achieve their goals is just really fun Um, to think the why, the passion, the desire to support others. I think if those come into play in any environment, whether you're in that kind of business space and you really are bought into what you're trying to do, those three things resonate in any Mm -hmm. space
0: yeah absolutely whether it is as you mentioned with your business if you're leading a team if you're a coach you're leading a sports team or even i think at home just you know working with your family and your kids you know i, I our kids are relatively the same age you know kind of still in that that younger phase so getting them to understand something if we just say no you can't do that and it's like oh well why can i do this but when you start to talk a little bit about the why Go, you know, why I don't want you to get hurt. I, I love you. I'm very passionate about protecting you. Uh, when, they, when they start <laughs> yes. to see that you're coming from that place of, you know, here's why I don't want you going down to the rope swing in the river, Vincent. Um, you know, all these different types of things. And you kind of talk through it rather than just say, Nope, you can't do that. We're not going to do that. You're not allowed to do that typically doesn't work but when you start to layer in the why they really do see that you that you care that you're passionate about it and that you're coming from a place of wanting to help them and help them be better it helps in all aspects of your life which for me is why i'm so passionate about what i do around communication skills is because i know that they help can help everyone everyone can continue to grow their communication skills regardless of the level that they're at and it's going to help them personally and professionally. That's what kind of drives me and keeps me going. I'm also passionate about food, but kind of in the wrong way, as you might be able to tell. I don't <laughs> have that, that, that type of passion, but but no, it's just so <laughs> cool when when you work with people that really are passionate. And you know, sometimes I'll talk to people like, Well, um I'm an accountant or I make widgets, whatever it might be. I would start to try to think about, okay, well, think three levels beyond that. You Maybe you are an accountant. Maybe you're an accountant at a hospital system or a medical device company. What's that end product that you're helping to support doing? Is that helping to change people's lives? Or simply being passionate about being the best at what you do or being the best that you can be at something is really can help with motivation. So I might not be excited about the day in, day out that I do, the particular tasks, But if I can find ways to be excited or get creative with that, I think it can help with engagement and help people just to continue to be better.
1: Yeah, two things come to my mind with what you were just sharing. And and one is, and I just love this about sports, how, and it's why so many successful athletes end up very successful down the road in a business space. The short term, you know, what people used to reference as the grind, which I really don't like referencing it as the grind anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're not invested in the day to day and you can't appreciate the work that goes into the outcome, then chances are the outcome's not going to be what it could have been. It's and that's like that you know these statements right people will make or these quotes around it's the journey not the destination and it is anybody mm-hmm. who's achieved anything huge in their life if you look back on it of course you love the outcome but at some point you look back and it's the journey that you feel so passionate about the outcome was exciting <laughs> um the journey was where you learned everything that you're going to l- use later so I think, I think that's one thing that resonates from what you were kind of sharing and and it's understanding that, but living in that is hard. It really mm-hmm. is. It's not easy in that day to day. So you have to have those things that bring you back to your why yeah. so that you can, yeah, here comes the outcome. Like eventually I'm going to get there, but what are those little success stories that build me to that? Um, and now. I'm going to forget what the second one is that I wanted to share. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to leave it at that. Perfect. Oh, I remember. I re- see I yes. say that and then it comes back to me. I give myself yep. an out. Um, you you shared about Vincent and it's funny how when we share the why with people, not only are we empowering them in their own communication skills by mimicking and modeling what we would like for others to be confident and capable in doing, especially her mm-hmm. kids. But I think very often in listening to their response is also where we can become better communicators. Cause it's like, well, I didn't think of that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, or even as parents, we realize, Oh, well I'm saying this, but is this really important? Is this a battle I really want to take yes. on?
0: <laughs> it is. It is. So
1: one thing that I go ahead, please.
0: I was just say with, being a leader, being a parent, it's picking and choosing the battles. What are the, do I need to fight this? Is this in the bigger picture? Is this, if I think of my why or ultimately my goal or what I view my role as a parent to be, which is to in essence, just raise decent human beings. That's, as I look at a big picture, these kids grow up and they are decent human beings, regardless of what they do for a living, I was a success. So I start to think about, okay, how do I communicate with them? What skills do I model for them? What behaviors yeah. do I model? And to your point, picking and choosing those battles. Is this in the grand scheme of things that important?
1: Yeah. Yeah. we I, I had one with my seven-year-old the other day jumping off the couch, right? Mom, look. And as I was explaining why maybe that's not the best idea, my mm-hmm. nutrition sports brain starts turning on. And I'm like, well, if at, jumping is actually, actually really advantageous for kids, foot to ground strike, ready, I'm about to geek out, foot to ground strike of jumping actually mm-hmm. builds stronger bones. So here I am, and I'm like, all right, well, maybe we're going to shift gears. Let's not jump off other people's couches. You there can you jump go. off our couch. <laughs> but it's funny how it, if you really are listening in your communication, mm-hmm. how interesting about how it can even create reassessment internally around is my why really strong enough is my mm-hmm. why the whole picture um it's it's just it's a really fun space to live in and you can we can do the deep dive all day long but it's it's really Absolutely. listening is one of those really interesting things whether or not it's us parenting as leaders mm-hmm. or in these other spaces around business and sport and, and anywhere that you are, that you're trying to accomplish something in a team setting.
0: So as you think about this communication style that you have developed over the years between, you know, really understanding, communicating the why, listening, asking questions, being flexible, that came from somewhere. Yeah. Obviously it's developed over time, but has there been somebody that's been a really big influence on your communication style and perhaps what did you take from them, mold, Mm -hmm. tweak, make your own and carry it forward?
1: So I think my initial introduction to that, I definitely would have to say my dad, um, -hmm. we lost my dad two years ago, but my dad was a big personality. Um, talking till no end probably could have served to talk a little less and a little more and listen a little more, (laughs) Um, which definitely I have that at times and I work on that. Right. And that's just self-awareness. But I so appreciated always with whomever he was communicating with how engaged he was in the conversation. Um, Right. I teach my kids that um, look somebody in the eye show them with your body language, how invested you are in this communication and in this conversation and in the support of them. I never had any question in my mind. If my dad was on my team, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. He was invested and engaged and he would draw people in with his excitement. Um, so I think that was definitely my initial and, and, and in my sports space initially you know, we didn't dive into this at all, which is um, a total, probably a whole different conversation of its own. But my initial engagement in the NFL was anything but easy. Here I come. The only female has been in that had been in that space ever in the operations side where living in the space with these male athletes. So my style of communication being very different than any that they'd ever experienced coming in with knowledge and information that some people found extremely important and others said, hey, we drink beer after games in the locker room back in my day as the coaches, right? right? We were smoking cigarettes, like, right? It's crazy stuff that we're like, wait, what? Um, but But I think that my dad's ability to... Where he taught me you know you you just have to keep going you have to Mm -hmm. keep sharing your message you have to speak up and you can't be put down by one no by 10 no's you you have to keep sharing um that was a really important important message that resonated with my communication my entire life that there are times that i have to stand strong and stay Mm -hmm. in my message um, even despite some no- a lot of no's <laughs> and a lot of pushback. Um, one other was a a female colleague who had been in this space for a very long time, who I went with her, um, to be perfectly honest, tears in hand. I know I have to do this. I have to accomplish this for them and it's not working. Um, and she said to me, if you just answered your own question, it's not working, move on. <laughs> Uh And that was really important for me to hear because there were 50 other things I needed to and wanted to accomplish, but I had become so set on how impactful this one thing was going to be that I really struggled to move on to the next. And her saying that to me in that moment was huge and shifted a lot of what I did next in terms of... Yes, I want to use my dad's, we have to accomplish this and continue to speak up. But when I really can read from from some decision makers that it's a hard no, Mm -hmm. I got to move on. I got to go to the next thing because there's a next thing, right? There's always a next thing. So what is the next thing? Move on. Don't erase what I'm trying to accomplish. But move it to the list and eventually move it back up. Because if we can continue to show success in a variety of spaces and with a variety of goals, we will come back to that hard no, and it will eventually be a yes.
0: That's great. It's an important skill in life and in business is to know when to cut bait, right? This is not going to work right now as you mentioned it's not throw it away but this isn't going to work right now but if i can demonstrate value and show success uh for these people or this audience at some point i'm going to bring it back around and they're going to understand that maybe this person does make sense and i could only imagine going into an nfl organization i'm i'm a relatively big guy i would be intimidated going in there and just trying to to change things with these just ginormous people, um, but you had to be able to go in there and just have that conviction with your message. And as we've been talking about, it goes back to the why. Understanding what's driving them and if you can position it in a way that will help them get to that point, your likelihood of, of success goes up exponentially. Jen, as we're Absolutely. wrapping up here... What piece of advice might you have for somebody, whether they are you know maybe fresh out of school, they're looking to start their own business, they're midway through their career looking to make a change, whatever it may be. Just a piece of advice around communication skills and the role that they can play in your career and success?
1: Be willing to fail. I think I think that is my number one. I, I think. nobody that ever did anything great in any space ever didn't at some point have the thought of what if this goes south Mm -hmm. if you have that thought you are well thought out enough to try I think that it requires somebody who is well thought out enough that is wi- and is willing to fail and thinks through if this happens, if that happens, what would I do? How would I pivot, right? That willingness to fail is what creates really great things. And I think that would be the one thing that I would tell people. It's not just try, right? That To me, that that's not enough, right? You can mm-hmm. try anything. I could be like, I'm gonna try, oh goodness, what could I try? try that's going to be insane right I could (laughs) try to go jump out of a plane right but Mm -hmm. chances are when I get up there personally I haven't really thought out I might not get out of that plane (laughs) but if I am willing to get up there and fail then I probably thought like well okay this could go wrong I could have this feeling I could I'm at least well thought out Yes, so I think willingness to fail is a really is a really good way to approach if you're gonna try something new
0: and I think you recently took up wakeboarding as I know I've seen some some posts and pictures. I'm sure that process went through your mind as well as the, the first time you got onto the board and into the water
1: <laughs> oh and man did I fail a number of times but I had great <laughs> teachers so at least yes. I have good friends that are great teachers. <laughs> yeah.
0: And there are just so many examples in sports about that. You know, there's the, the famous quote, I believe it's attributed to Wayne Gretzky, you miss hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Mm-hmm. Examples of Michael Jordan talking about how many times he was entrusted with taking the game winning shot and missed, mm-hmm. but guess what? He's still, and I'm not going to start a debate here. Yeah. He's still considered to be the greatest of all time. But this <laughs> idea that you need to be willing to try something and no, nobody out there has a perfect Perfect record. They don't make all of their shots. They don't hit every basket. In baseball, you're considered to be a Hall of Famer if you get a hit. What four out of ten times? You're going to be considered one of the best. So you have to be understand, failing is not the same as failure. Failure is when you just kind of give up and and don't do it. So as you keep trying, keep pushing forward, and as you mentioned, are very well thought out about it as to what might happen, what are the implications, what's the risk reward. Failing is 100% okay and encouraged because that's how you you find out if you're going to continue to grow or not.
1: Oh, my gosh. you! I'm going to use that one. I'm going to use that one. Failure. Failing is not the same as failure. Yes. You could not have hit that harder <laughs> in a great way because I'll leave you with this. This is the thing that I tell athletes that I work with all the time. It is not about getting all the way to your goal, right? We commented on the journey it's not the destination. I was the happiest second place person you have ever met. I am a hall of fame athlete at South Carolina. I have never won a thing. I got second every single time. And I was the (laughs) happiest second place person you've ever met because where I started and where I ended were insanely different places. And that journey to get there gave me that empowerment in whatever I choose to do next. And that's why I always say to people, I am the happiest second place person you have ever met because the tools that I had, the journey that I went on, the other things that I experienced and gained in that change that I created um, were just so exciting. So to your point, go out there and fail, go fail because you're going to fail up right? Mm -hmm. You're going to fail towards success if you learn from those failures. So it's a really fun, exciting thing to give somebody the confidence to fail. And normally we'd think about that as crazy, right? Mm -hmm. But nobody got great off of winning. Nobody got great off of things being easy. People got great off of things being hard and getting better from them and learning from them. So yes, go fail.
0: Perfect. Go fail. Great place to wrap up. Jen, thank you so much for joining me today. This was fantastic. Really, really loved hearing from you and your stories and catching up. Appreciate it and hope you have a great rest of your day.
1: You too. Thanks for having me. Scott, great to see you. Take care. Bye.
0: A special thanks again to my guest, Jen Brunelli. Jen's point about being aware of and adjusting your communication style based on your audience is critical. Understanding your audience, their potential concerns and motivators will help inform not only your message, but also how you deliver it. If you are looking to improve your communication skills, be sure to subscribe to CommuniCast so that you can continue to learn from my guests with each new episode. And if you have found value in the show, leaving us a rating or review would be appreciated.